Next on BYU Sports Nation, you have the power to rearrange the 2019 BYU football schedule. What would you change to benefit the Cougars? Can Zach Wilson do something this season only one other BYU quarterback has done recently? Plus, BYU basketball transfer and reigning WAC Freshman of the Year, Wyatt Lowell, on why he followed Mark Pope to BYU. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, May 16th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who hopes to one day perform at the Grand Ole Opry, Jerem Jordan. We're going to be there tomorrow night. Uh, today's a getaway day, so we're going to try not to be distracted because we're out of here after the show, headed to Nashville. Your boy Jason Shepard, I think Brian Logan, on the show tomorrow. Very exciting. Then we'll be live from Nashville. We can't wait to get there. Some, uh, some hot chicken, some barbecue, some uh, southern hospitality. Can't wait. Are we distracted because we're saying that we're not going to be distracted? I've always wondered about teams like, oh, we're not going to overlook this team, and then they get so fixated on not overlooking teams. I they love almost overlooking don't teams. Well. That's one of my favorite things. Is I know overlooking. it is. Most of the time, it's, uh, it works. Don't sleep on Idaho State. This year, it's don't sleep on who? Liberty and Idaho State? Sure. Okay. Liberty's FCS. They have Christian values like this institution. Hugh Freeze is there. Hey, and speaking of Trevor Maddich, he's from Nashville. Yeah. We're going to hang out with him on Saturday at the Fan Fest. Yeah, he lives there. He's been touring the country. Now he's going home. And we're coming to your know, city, Trevor. I never know when he's, where he is. He's just all over the place. That dude, I mean, yeah. he, on his own dime, before every college football season, travels to like several campuses to do his own Trevor Maddich college football preview. That's Crazy. Sound, that sounds fun to me. I, Crazy. I would like to go with him. Here is today's show lineup. As promised, Trevor Maddich on Saturday – Thursday features Wyatt Lowell, BYU basketball transfer from Utah Valley University, the reigning WAC freshman of the year. Why did he follow Mark Pope, and how does he expect to impact BYU basketball when he can't play for a year? Also, Andrea Stapleton-Johnson, record breaker. The theme of BYU track and field this season continues. Record breaking. She high jumped six feet, two inches and a half. She's a karma benefactor. She's back on the show. All she had to do was break another record to get back on the show. That's it. We just wait for records. Uh, Jelilich, Stapleton Johnson. We just have record breakers. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Red Rasmussen might just break a record at some point for BYU golf. He goes seven under on back-to-back days at the NCAA Pullman Regional to win the regional individual oh! title with a combined score of 15 under. Well done, Rhett. Also, he helps BYU as a team finish second among teams. Got to finish in the top five. BYU was way in that category. They qualify for a second consecutive NCAA Nationals. Championships set for May 23rd through the 29th at the Blessings Course in Fayetteville, Arkansas. What a performance from the men's golf team. They, they answered the call. Very nice. BYU softball team is in an NCAA regional for the 15th straight season. Tonight, the Cougars begin play with 13-seed Oklahoma State in Stillwater at 8.30 Eastern time. It's a double elimination, four-team regional, one team advances to the Super Regionals. 
Number 24, BYU Baseball takes on Santa Clara on the road in their last conference series of the season. BYU seeks a first-ever solo West Coast Conference regular season championship and looks to clinch at least a share of its third WCC regular season title in program history. The first game of the series tonight, 9 Eastern. Listen live on BYU Radio. And BYU alumna Alexa Gray made the roster for the Canadian national team. This squad isn't in Volleyball Nations League as I see it, but the traveling squad hasn't been announced, but they'll compete in the Challengers Cup at the end of the month in Quebecois and the Pan American Games in Peru. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Change it up. A few weeks ago, I toyed around with the 2019 BYU football schedule, keeping all of the same opponents, but moving when BYU football would play each of those opponents to see if it would make me feel any differently about the upcoming schedule and the daunting task that lies ahead. And the answer, Jerem, is unequivocally yes. It made me feel better. Why? Because of one word, balance. Before I give you my layout, how would you rearrange the 2019 BYU football schedule to benefit BYU? Yeah, to answer your question, I I feel very differently about the schedule if it's more balanced. And obviously you can't do that. ESPN says, hey, you want to play this team this week and there's existing conference schedules. So what we're about to do is completely May 16th, but it's May 16th, so let's go. I would open with Utah still, the big one. The countdown still exists. Love it. I would play Idaho State second. Get healthy, rested for the one Power 5 road game the next week at Tennessee, then okay. at Utah State. Get this game in before it snows. We've seen that game in the snow and the cold. Let's just play this at, uh, you know, uh, perhaps you want to slow down Utah State's offense. Maybe you play it later. I play it week four. Week five, Liberty. Hopefully be three and two after the first five, if not better. Boise State at home the next week. Cap the midway point with a home game against a rival. Love it. Week seven at Toledo. Hit the road, rested after three games in state, two at home. By week the next week, uh, then you play Washington, so you can get ready for them. Two weeks to get ready. At UMass. Uh, in November, three or four on the road, but two in warm climates. USC at home, that's senior day. That's an awesome game to finish with. At South Florida, warm weather at San Diego State. Um, I like the uh, old whack rival, Mountain West sure. rival to yeah. end the season. So if it was something like that, I think that BYU would be better equipped to go nine or ten wins. When you stack all of them in a row, Just tough. you're asking for trouble. And, and that's how you have to do it if you want to go there. September is always going to be tough because those are the most open slots for non-conference. Sure. It makes sense. I just think it's too tough. All right, for me, and I saw a couple of games that you had in your specific rundown line up with mine, I'm going to flip-flop San Diego State and Utah as bookends. And I would open up with BYU at San Diego State I like the compelling matchup of old conference foes, but it is a winnable game. I feel confident that BYU could go in and win that opening game and then return home like you to take on FCS opponent Idaho State in Week 2. All of a sudden, BYU's 2-0. Everybody's feeling great. And then the Cougars host USC for a big Power 5 game. They've got two games out of the way. They're rolling a little bit, and then they get USC at home followed by a second big game at home, Boise State. If BYU can get through those first four, three, and one, now we're talking about potentially nine or ten wins. A bye after the Boise game just because USC and Boise back-to-back is a tough stretch to go. Now, I know that that's like scratching the surface compared to what BYU is actually doing this year with four power fives in a row, but give them a bye in week five. Then BYU goes at Utah State 
at Toledo. A couple of road games that BYU only has to leave the state once in that road swing. Come back for Washington at home, and then they make the long trip to Tampa for their eighth game at South Florida. Now, I'm giving BYU a little bit of leeway in the back half of the schedule just because at that point in the season, you're dealing with injuries, things can be tough. You want some guys to be able to rest while you can still win some games. So BYU hosts Liberty in Week 9. Then they go to Tennessee, come home, or sorry, then they go to UMass because I think that's a game that BYU could win with second and third stringers if they needed to. And then I remembered how much fun it was to close the season against Utah last year. I thought that was really compelling. It was really fun uh, until about the fourth quarter. <laughs> but it was still a lot of fun. Like, I, I was reminiscing as I was watching the game on the sidelines about the emotions of the final game of the season against your heated rival. And I missed that. So I'd like to do that again. But I'm looking at the schedule and I think, okay, yeah, balance. And I wanted to make sure BYU wasn't traveling so much, so many miles all at once while giving them enough home breaks and a bye so that they could potentially win nine or even gulp ten games if the schedule is balanced this way. So easy when we sit here and like move these like Chinese checkers, right? Um, yeah, Tom has a different challenge, and obviously we're just messing around with this. Sure, sure. To make a balanced schedule is nearly impossible. Nearly impossible. So, yeah, it'd be fun to mix it up like this for sure, but uh, the task is certainly different, and it starts with Utah. Mm-hmm. Countdown to the youths. 105. 105. Okay. Next week, a hundy. 105 days away. Wow. I was kind of hoping that we'd hit the 100 mark when we did the Fan Fest show in Tennessee, but close enough. I think that's ESPN's fault, right? It absolutely. It on it a is. Thursday? Absolutely, it is. No, I don't know. <laughs> it is. They choose today. Well, they, they choose it, but actually, starting it on a Thursday makes it earlier, so they were. Almost helping us in a way get it closer to 100. We'll start it on Tuesday. What? <laughs> As we mentioned much and we'll continue to do so. Zach Wilson, the hope of BYU football this season. If he's good, the team's likely to be good or better. One benchmark for QB success is a 3,000-yard season passing the ball, which has not happened much lately, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In the last nine seasons, only Tanner Mangum in 2015 threw for 3,000 yards Wow! at BYU. What? So I ask you this. Will Zach Wilson throw for 3,000 this year? Man, I... It's going to be close, but I think he does it because BYU will be able to make a late season push against Liberty, Idaho State, UMass, and San Diego State. Yes. So I think Zach Wilson will come on late in his sophomore year and do some really impressive things in the final four or five games to get over the 3,000-yard mark. The interesting thing is he can run, too. And I wonder how much running he does to take away from potential passing yards that he would rack up if he were not to run as much as he is prone to do just because he is such a weapon with his legs. I know he went 18 for 18. That's not a ton of volume in the bowl game. But he did go for over 300 yards. But yeah, yeah. It's about the yards per attempt. Yeah. Are they going to have him throw the ball 30 times a game? Because if, no. if BYU well, doesn't we'll do see. that, it's harder to get to 3,000 yards unless you have your quarterback, on average, throwing the ball around 30 times a game, at least 25 times a game. Well, it depends how efficient you are. So the yards per attempt have been low here the last couple of years. Until that means late you're just season, throwing right? underneath. You're not throwing intermediate and deep, right? Um, I think equivocally, yes, this will happen. Let me tell you why. One, he's a sophomore. He's going to grow. Two, 
the increased tempo of the offense. There's going to be more plays, more volume. This means more yards. Okay. Okay. So I think he's going to do it. It's 231 a game over 13. Is that hard? Is that crazy? Last season, 43 quarterbacks threw for 231 in a game. Okay. 34 threw for 3,000 plus. Do we think that Zach Wilson could be one of those guys? I, th- I think he does. Taysom Hill came close, by the way, 2013, 62 yards short. We assume healthier, of course, for Zach Wilson. I think he runs for 40-ish yards a game. I hope he doesn't run a ton. If he runs a lot, that means the BYU run game isn't as effective as we hope and that BYU is not in third and three or shorter as much as they want. I think because he's a sophomore, increased tempo. I think a a run game is going to enable uh, Zach to throw the ball effectively. I think the receivers will be better. I think BYU will have both healthy tight ends. Rocking. I think 231 is not crazy again. Yes, if we assume health, you would think that with all of the weapons he has around him, especially pass catchers at the tight end and wide receiver position and experience, that he would be able to do this. And I know the fans are saying, well, look how he ate up Utah's secondary. True. But does that automatically eat up New Mexico State's secondary? Does that automatically carry over to every other game? Does that happen at Tennessee in front of 110,000 fans? And against USC and against Washington. Well, those who I aren't know. the games where he's going crazy. It's the other right. eight, probably. Right? How many yards will he have in the first four? I am very interested to see. Because of what BYU faces in the back five, I think he eclipses the 3,000-yard mark late in the season. And it might take yeah. the bowl game to get there. It might take the bowl game to I'm get assuming, there. I'm assuming, yeah, it, it would take you close to that. The schedule is tougher. It's going to be harder to get 3,000 yards. But I think he doesn't. Yeah. Well, it would be nice because it's been a long time since an individual threw for 3,000 yards. I know Tanner Mangum did it, but before that, Max Hall? That's crazy. Yeah, and Max did it three years in a row. Sophomore, junior, There were senior. combined efforts and whatnot. I just want to see a guy stay because that means he's healthy. Like, if you oh, have yeah. a 3,000 yard team passer, throwing for 3,000? Uh, yeah, whatever. You want a healthy quarterback. Sure. All right, Jaron, big things happening for several teams at Brigham Young University right now. BYU baseball in first place of the West Coast Conference. They're pacing to do something they've never done. That's be the number one seed in the West Coast Conference postseason tournament. BYU softball's back in a 15th consecutive NCAA regional. They've won 11 straight conference championships. BYU men's golf is going to back-to-back NCAA golf championship appearances after what Rhett Rasmussen and company pulled off. And track and field has two top 11 teams, the men number four, the women number 11. I kind of got us thinking, whoa, man, there's so much happening, and some of these teams don't really get the love that they maybe deserve. So who's the most underrated team at BYU right now? There's so many we could highlight right here. To me, it's men's track and field. You could throw in women's track and field as well. Number four in the country. That's a top five track and field team. Top 11 uh, with the women. Number one ranked uh, steeplechase team and 10K, by the way, which is awesome. Top five back to back weeks, and then you throw in the fact that the cross-country team, which are the distance runners for the track team, took number two in the fall, mm. okay? So I think it's specifically the distance runners on track, if you want to go even deeper. They are really, really good right now nationally. Man, underrated? I, I don't... It's weird because I don't... no one rates track, and no one's like, dude, I'm all in on track. Like, we are, but we're trying to tell you, hey, track's good, pay yes, attention. Yes, we are. Uh, I see the number four and the number 11, and I've seen it so consistently that now I'm kind of like, hey, maybe people are starting to pay attention. I don't know. I don't know. I think the average fan is off the board for the most part with track and field just because oh, it's not the a average highly, fan is football, men's basketball. A highly viewed sport. That's why right? we love you participating in this show. All sports. Yeah. So most underrated, I'm also kind of throwing in a slash and underappreciated into this category as well whoa, for whoa, my whoa. answer. 
<laughs> it's BYU softball, and we've become spoiled with BYU softball. All they do is win conference championships, and it's taken for granted because it happens every year. They go to the NCAA tournament every year, 15 straight. Awesome. 11 straight conference championships over four different conferences. This it's is just, what it's like to be Gonzaga yes, basketball. and Gonzaga basketball fans take for granted winning the West Coast Conference. It's just like, yeah, whatever, that's what we do. You shouldn't, but human nature makes us do that when something becomes the norm. And so you always want the next thing. For BYU softball, it's like, well, when are they going to get to the next Super Regional? Because it hasn't happened since 2010, and it's only happened one time in program history. (laughs) Don't underappreciate how hard it is to win championships every season. And have the conference player of the year every season and the conference pitcher of the year every season and oh, the defensive awesome. player of the year every season. Listen, when I eat a great steak, I don't think, oh, this is a normal steak. I think, no, this is a great steak. That's the case with these great teams at BYU. Go, oh, greatness. Yeah, and some, some of these softball teams have been better than others. In 2017, BYU was ranked in the top 20 for a good deal of the season. Yes, they had McKenna Bowl. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. They won some tournament games. They were really close to going to another Super Regional, but they fell short. And then it was just like, ah, oh, well, here we go again. You know, they did all this great stuff, but they can't get to the Super Regional. It's like, do not. I want to know who's actually asking that question. Do not underappreciate this. <laughs> do not underappreciate this. BYU softball, to me, the most underrated team at BYU because they consistently succeed. And while they haven't gotten to that next big step, they're right there. It's just, they do work. They, they, Tom Holmo was like, I love to watch this team because all they do is win. And who doesn't love to watch a winner? I love winning. Yes. As do I. Our question of the day. Back to BYU football. And we want BYU football to win a lot this year. How would you rearrange the 2019 schedule to benefit BYU football? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Waffle Todd on Twitter says, flip it back to front. BYU could get some kinks out and try to avoid injuries. So backload with Four power fives to close out the season. Whoa. Uh, That would be the worst time to play them. Worst weather and injured. Yeah, you want to play a good team or two very early in the season because they're still trying to work out some things. Yeah, well, okay, okay. I can see the counter argument. Hey, maybe they're injured. Maybe BYU's peaking or something. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't think there's a good time to play four power fives in a row. When was the last time BYU beat a power five team in November or later, was it a bowl game? Like maybe Kansas State in 1997? That's a good question. Uh, we'll put Ralph Sokolowski on that. <laughs> Coming up, why did Wyatt Lowell choose to sit out a year and follow Mark Pope to BYU? Yeah, we'll ask him what BYU fans can expect from Coach Pope because he's played for Coach Pope as the head guy. He's Cougar. He is with us. This is BYU Sports Nation. Pride of Gilbert, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, the West Coast Conference leading and 24th-ranked BYU baseball team begins a three-game series at Santa Clara with a shot at the number one seed in the West Coast Conference tournament next week. Listen to it right here on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern. We are live in Studio B, in case you were wondering, with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. And joining us now in Studio B is one of the newest members of the BYU basketball team, recently transferred from Utah Valley University following his head coach, Mark Pope. His name is Wyatt Lowell. Wyatt, welcome to Studio oh, B. Wyatt. Thank you very much. Welcome. Excited to be here. I'm but, sure the past few weeks have been crazy for you. 
That is an understatement, yeah. It is. It has been crazy. <laughs> so we're going to dive into that right now. Did you even have to move, though? Or him to Provo? Mm-hmm. I'm still living in the same place. That's nice. Right next to EVU, actually. So, so that's a break. Yeah, that's Funny. down the street. Yeah. <laughs> that's a break. Okay, you don't have to move, but, man, everything changes for you. Your class schedule, all the credits got to get transferred over, and now you're in a brand-new basketball program with new facilities, and you got to get acclimated with all that. So how would you – Let's let's go ahead and rewind to the day you decided, I think I want to go to BYU. What was that like and what was going through your mind? Um, that's a great question. So actually that day I had met with Pope. So my name was in the transfer portal after uh, Coach had left UVU at that time. And he had me and my parents come over on an unofficial visit. And so he took me around the campus, uh, showed me actually this place, which was this place is really cool. Like, it is cool. We like it too. The Sports Nation and I mean like BYU TV. So he showed me all that and that was like really cool. Um, and so then we went back to the practice facility and we sat down and had the opportunity to ask him a lot of questions. Um, a lot of things that were really important to me for my career and also just my parents. And we had a really good talk with Coach Pope. For those that know Pope, he's really good at talking. <laughs> and he can really, uh, he can really, he's, yeah, he's just really good at talking. And so uh, after that, I went home with my parents and we just talked about how we felt about the meeting. And actually later that day, I decided and decided that I wanted to play for BYU. So I called Pope and let him know. And here we are. Was this something that uh, you wanted to do when you were younger? Did you want to come to BYU or were they in the mix? Um, Interesting question and an interesting relationship with BYU. Um, I liked BYU growing up, but I never was like a diehard fan. Like I, growing up in Arizona, I loved ASU. I loved watching Duke because I loved basketball. So I was. So you draw charges? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I so I liked BYU, but I I never really was in love with it. So I was recruited by BYU and all that, and yeah. What is Mark Pope like as a head coach? If you had to explain him in, you know, for lack of a better phrase, in the uh, in the moment, in the trenches, mm-hmm. when you're in a in the heat of a really intense game, energy and fight, and I'll throw on their win. Those three things I think define Coach Pope at the core. He has tons of energy. He wants to fight and he wants to win, hands down, every time, every day. And that's those are like those are the things that I love about Coach Pope. Those are the things that we have gathered from interacting with him when he was here and our interactions with with him when he was at uh, BYU as well. And we'll talk about the guy that came with you as well, Richard Harwood, in Mm -hmm. a couple minutes. But let's talk about your game. So you averaged 24 a game. I think your senior year, Scout ranked you the number one power forward in Arizona. You go on your mission to Minnesota. Um, I guess what kind of game do you have? And and it looks like you're a three-point shooter as a 6'10 guy. Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, So growing up, I was always taller than everybody my age. So growing up, I learned how to play as a big guy. Um, so I learned how to post up and I learned how to do all the things that typically everybody that's taller does. But I also had the opportunity to learn how to be a guard too. I, taught, I was taught how to dribble, taught how to shoot. And so from elementary to junior high to high school, I just continued to develop those skills, which really helped me translate into the player that I am today. But coming home from a mission, it's really hard after two years not really being consistent in your skills. So coming back, really just focused on the things that I was really good at, which is one of them is shooting. And so I think that is my best skill offensively as a shooter. But I'm excited for this redshirt season to really put in the work 
to bring a lot of those skills back to being able to be a dominant post player, being able to make reads off of ball screens and things like that. Like I'm just really excited for this upcoming year. So are you a stretch four? Are you a, p- a post-up guy? Or are you all kinds? Of- I think... What do you prefer? The simple way to put it is if there's a smaller guy on me, I want to post him up because I know I can score on him down there. Or if there's a bigger guy on me, I want to bring him out because typically I like to think I'm quicker and faster than most big guys. So it kind of depends on who's guarding me. So you're a matchup nightmare. Yeah, Yeah. we'll go with that. How about that? (laughs) I I do like the idea of a 6'10 guy that can shoot. And, Mm -hmm. and And it seems like you cater to today's game. Yeah. I think maybe 10 or 20 years ago, they wouldn't let you shoot as much, right? No, wouldn't, wouldn't be doing so well. You were born at the right time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there's always this level of patience that you need to express when you are a red shirt and you've got to sit out a year. And like that, that's a big part of the decision process. Is, Man, I've got to sit out a full season. So how did you get your head around that and think, you know what, this is, this, this is actually going to be the best thing for me? Yeah, that's a really good question because that was something that was pretty hard. Like you – go from high school to going on a mission so you have to wait two years to play and so that alone is just like oh man I want to be playing right now and then having come back and I got a taste of what it's like to play and knowing how fun it is because you put in all the work and practice and it honestly kind of sucks sometimes because practice is super hard and then having to have that thought of having to sit out again it was really hard but meeting with Pope we talked about the opportunity that it was being able to really recover from the two years and really like while you're playing you have the stress of having to perform and you need to be doing well to play and a lot of those things but redshirting I'm not playing so all I need to worry about every day when I show up is I'm just here to get better I'm here to win and I can try things that I might not be able to try if I was playing so really at the end of the day I think I'm really excited about it listen being on the squad scout squad for a year is awesome you can just chuck yeah. You can just, like... I'm, I'm trying to beat the guys. So, I mean, I'm just trying to <laughs> get some buckets. for quality of shot. Just yeah. put it up, which is how I play normally. Uh, against BYU, you scored nine points on four or five shots in 18 minutes. Is that a taste of what you can do? I think that's a that was good way efficient. to put it. A taste. There yeah. we go. What was, it like, what was it like to compete against BYU? Now you're playing for BYU. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, you kind of are down the street. That's the school up the street, and you just you want to beat them. And it's just that rivalry. But it was super fun playing here because, I mean, look at the stadium, look at the fans. Like when we came here, that juice that we felt, it's just it's hard not to want to play your best. So it was super fun coming here, and I'm excited that, I mean, I get to play here even more now. Wyatt Lowell, BYU basketball transfer with us on BYU Sports Nation. Your teammate Richard Harward also comes to BYU. What can you tell us about Richard uh, in terms of his basketball skill set? He is a monster. If you have to guard him in the low post and he gets the ball, good luck. He is so strong and he's crafty and he's good with his hands. He's got super long arms too, which you don't really expect. And so guarding him is just a nightmare when he gets the ball. <laughs> but also, he's just a really good teammate. He's a good guy. He's, he obviously wants to win, so he'll do what's necessary to win. But at the end of the day, like, he's uplifting and he works his butt off. Like, any guy that works their butt off, they get rewarded. And I think that's what we saw this last year when he just started to kill it. So I'm I'm super excited for him. And yeah, he took off second half of the season. Yeah, I wish great. he could play this year. He's the position BYU needs, but he's got to sit out like you. So let's see, you two <clears throat> on the scout squad. Yeah, mm-hmm. you'll, just, you'll just do your best to take it to the guys, right? It's going to be fun. <laughs> do you miss your beard? 
because you have to shave a BYU. Oh, that's a that's a soft <laughs> soft subject right now. I'm gonna miss it. <laughs> Took all those years to finally get it, and now we'll be able to use it. Yeah, you, you could. Yeah, you you had to be clean shaven on your mission. You had the you know eight months or whatever exactly. Utah Valley, so. Yeah, bask in it while I had it. These yeah. are the sacrifices yes. that build the BYU basketball <laughs> kingdom, Land. I don't know if you knew that. Now, running with the guys in the annex, what can you tell us about the current makeup of BYU basketball? Ooh, good question. Um, let's see. So I actually have only played with him once. Okay. I played with him yesterday, actually. I'm coming off of a foot injury from this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It'll be, it's always interesting having a new coach. Um, there's a lot of things that you have to figure out, but there's not a lot of guys leaving. So I think there'll be a lot of togetherness. And I mean, like having watched TJ and play against him, I think like he'll be a great leader. And then adding Jake to the mix with Gavin Baxter. I mean, I think it'll be a good team. And when you have a coach like Pope, who he's going to bring the fire every day and he makes you better. I think it'll, it'll be good. And it looks like a good team. Good guys too. Like, I've just enjoyed being around them. Good guys. Do the coaches ever play pickup with you guys? Or that's the early morning old guy thing? I think that might be the early early guy, old whatever. Messed that up. But at UVU, some of the coaches did, and I thought it was pretty funny. Because <laughs> Burgess stuff. would jump in, wouldn't he? Yeah. We've heard about yeah. Any other? Would Cody? Uh, Cody would sometimes. Daniels would. And, I mean, they thought they were hot stuff. And Mark, Mark never did, I think. No, he never does. He played in the NBA. He's I know. Like, I love it. Right? I know. He's like, I, I don't, I'm too good for this. <laughs> I want to see him play, though, but yeah. I don't know if I'll get that. Who, he could get a, a crisp rebound, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, who's, the, who's the most anxious to be on the team that skins, you think, on the team right now? Who? Who wants to be a skin? You know what I'm saying? Skin is you know in. Like, who wants to take their shirt off? Who, who, <laughs> who, who, who wants to like, from somebody I'm that skins. I know. Skins. That's a good idea. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Let's see. You're new, so this is a name. I know. Question. Yeah, I know. This is. <laughs> I got to be like careful. I don't want to like make any enemies right off the bat. <laughs> so we'll just go with hmm, current players or past players. Sure. Whatever. Either one. Either one. Either one. Uh, what's his name? Somebody just came in. Collinsworth, he just came in. Oh, yes, that's seemed, the right answer. Like Listen, that, is, that, is right. that is right. Because if there's a social media post, he will not wear a shirt. <laughs> It, he was it, there yesterday, right? And he looks he great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw if him. I, like I mean, that, uh, yeah, if I'd you look like that, everybody would want to be doing that. I would never be on the shirts team if I was him. <laughs> Ever. He's yeah. never on the shirts team on his uh, social media. <laughs> so, <laughs> no shirt Tuesdays every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that should be a new acronym. <laughs> NST. Let's do, hey, you and no I should shirt do that, dude. Tuesday. That'd be awesome, man. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Wyatt, great to talk to you, man. Welcome to yeah, BYU. Yeah, welcome to BYU. And, uh, great to have you. Thank you. We'd love for you to sign our BYU Sailor Coog flag before you go, if you don't mind. For sure. I would love to. He's okay, got the, the pride, Sailor Coog shirt Gilbert. on. He's signing the Sailor Coog flag. A few members of the church in Gilbert. 610. Yep. He's here to get buckets, folks. Can't wait. Coming up, she's jumped higher than any other woman in BYU history. Andrea Stapleton-Johnson tells us how she flew up the records last week. Well, clearly it was the karma, Jerem. We'll see what she says. When she's held to the fire on that. Next, how would you rearrange the 2019 schedule to benefit BYU? We want to see more of your submissions. This is BYU Sports Nation. Good job, bro. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Kiki Solano takes sibling rivalries to the next level. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Another look at today's headlines. Rhett Rasmussen, the man of the hour, goes seven under par on back-to-back days 
at the NCAA Pullman Regional to win the regional individual title repping BYU men's golf and help his team finish second among teams. Got to finish in the top five. BYU was number two and advanced to a second consecutive NCAA Nationals championship round set from May 23rd through the 29th at the Blessings Course in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Count your mini. The BYU softball team is in an NCAA regional for the 15th straight season. Tonight, the Cougars begin play with 13 seed Oklahoma State in Stillwater, Oklahoma at 8.30 Eastern. It's double elimination, four teams, one squad advances. 24th ranked BYU baseball takes on Santa Clara on the road in their final conference series of the season. BYU controlling their own destiny if they sweep the Broncos. Regardless of what anybody else does, they will be the solo West Coast Conference champions. They look to clinch at least a share of a third WCC title. First game of the series tonight, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain on BYU Radio. You're my density. And BYU alumna Alexa Gray made the roster for the Canadian national team. The traveling squad hasn't been announced, but Canada will compete in the Challengers Cup at the end of the month in Quebec and the Pan American Games in Peru. Jeremy and I have toyed with balance for BYU football's 2019 schedule. I wish I could snap and lose half the schedule. (laughs) What? 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 So if things were more balanced, how would we feel? Better is the answer, and here's why. Because you're not playing four power fives to open the season. It's just too hard. It's really tough. I I don't even care if they're all winnable power fives. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. And yet, you can't make a schedule like that. As an independent BYU, it can't happen. Now, if you have the Four Horsemen and Rudy and Touchdown Jesus and all these things, and you're Notre Dame, then you can. But you're BYU. You're a new, you're a newcomer to the independent party, and so you got to play people when they're available, and that's generally September. Okay, let's recap uh, the way that we have rearranged our schedules. I'll go first this time, and I'll break it down into groups of four. Three groups of four. My first four. At San Diego State. Home to Idaho State, home to USC, home to Boise. So BYU opens up on the road in a winnable game with conference or former conference foe there in San Diego State. And then if BYU could take two of the next three, they beat Idaho State and then either beat USC or Boise, Jerem, three and one. Okay, three and one going into the bye week. Remember what BYU was at three and one last year? They were number 20 in the country. I also remember tweeting, BYU's not the 20th best team in the country, but let's enjoy this while it lasts. and we did enjoy it. We did enjoy it. Coming off a bye week, BYU then at Utah State around conference weekend, not when it's freezing cold in Logan. Yep, traditional early October. Spot for it, too. At Toledo, so BYU doesn't have to leave the state, not a brutal road trip to Logan. Then they go to Toledo and then come home to take on Washington, be back in Provo before they have to go to Tampa and take on South Florida. So for me there, I'm thinking, okay, BYU probably wins two of those next four, and now they're 5-3 and three going into the back four against Liberty, at Tennessee, at UMass, and then home to Utah. And if BYU could win three of those four, Maybe they lose at Tennessee, but they beat Liberty and UMass and then beat Utah at home to close out the season. Then the Cougars are nine and four uh-huh. going to a bowl game. Well, nine and three. Right? Sorry, nine and three going to a nine bowl and th- game. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Here's my uh, attempt at a balanced schedule. Utah to open. I love that it's the first game. Since they're not playing for a conference title, I'm cool playing it first. I don't stay the next week, get healthy, rested. At Tennessee, that's your one power five road game this year. At Utah State. Get this game in before it snows. Week five, Liberty. Okay, so you're at least three and two, if not better. Ideally. Boise State, Captain Midway Point, home game, rival, let's go. 
the former Boise State commit Zach Wilson. Let's let's throw the ball this time. It's good. At Toledo, week seven. Hit the road, rested. Three games in state, two home. By week, Washington, biggest game on the schedule in terms of opponent prestige, perhaps ranking. We'll see. Utah emotionally, Washington physically. At UMass uh, to start November, three or four on the road, but two in warm climates. USC at home and on a notable game, perhaps poor weather. We'll see. At South Florida, so you don't. So good weather, hopefully, right? Uh, and at San Diego State. I, Ooh, I, that's a rough finish. I like the fact that you finish with a rival there. Yeah, put Utah at the beginning. The end, I prefer the beginning, but first or last is is great. And that's the case for BYU and Utah for a while. And again, it's May 16th. We're having some fun. If I'm Tom Homel, I'm texting me saying, do you know how hard it is to make these <laughs> schedules? And I, I get that it's really hard. I'm not asking for balance. I'm asking for less fireballs and cannonballs coming BYU's ways in a row, so early, and whatnot. It's impossible to have this kind of balance. It just really See, is. I wanted to do this because some sometimes I'm thinking, is BYU playing just too many good teams? I don't think that's it. I think it's more of a case of when BYU has to play all of these good teams. I, I'm about volume. I think timing, there's certainly an element to it as well. But, yeah, too many good teams, you're just not going to be able to handle it. And the point is to win. The point's not to play a tough schedule. No one goes, hey, we're going to reward you for playing a tough schedule. You have to win. Why is UCF all over the map? Because they beat who they played, and who they played weren't that good. They beat Auburn in the Sugar Bowl. Yes, I know. Name me two other notable wins for UCF the last two years during their 25-game win streak. Memphis! Memphis in the Okay, what else? What else you got? It's about winning. I'm not saying playing cupcakes. I'm saying play a quality schedule. But you got to win ten of those. But we we just laid out if it's balanced, then the chances of winning ten games goes way up. Yes, but it's not going to happen though. That's what I'm saying. It's not going to happen. So is it more important that you can control you balance it, or that you limit the number of like good teams that you put on your schedule? Let me tell you what you can control more: how many good teams you play. You cannot control the balance because the team has an open spot in this year at this week, and it's a yes or no answer. And if ESPN's asking, you probably don't say no. You cannot control the balance part. You can control how many good teams you play. Interesting. But is that as fun for the fans and the Winning players? Winning is the most fun, period. Against bad teams? No, you have good and bad. I'm just saying, like, if the schedule gets too weak, then it's kind of not as you're, fun. You're pulling the card everyone pulls on me. You can have – I'm not saying play a bad schedule. I'm playing a good schedule, just not too tough of a schedule. Okay. If it's out of 10, oh, I, I stop know. playing I, a 9. I, play I, a 7. And I am pulling that card yeah. for a reason because that's yeah. what everybody is arguing against. You. Right, but everyone – it's not this or that. There's middle ground to arguments. That's what I'm calling for. There's nuance. <laughs> there are layers, right? See the layers. Everyone throws the edges on me. Look at the middle part. Yeah, maybe BYU has that middle part in an approaching schedule. We'll see. We'll see. They don't. They've loaded up too much. Coming up. It was her goal, and she did it. Andrea Stapleton-Johnson on her record-setting performance last week. We already know that she can jump over Jerem and me, but then some. Six feet, two and a half inches. What was her first thought when she took off on that record-setting jump? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're two days away from the Nashville BYU Fan Fest. We'll be live Saturday, 1 to 3 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Among the guest lineup, 
some guys you may have heard of. Kalani Satake, Mark Pope, Zach Wilson, and many others. Join us Saturday, 1 to 3 Eastern from Nashville. The Nashville fields are all ready to harvest, Jaron. Are they? Are they fields? I don't know. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We welcome in now our second guest in studio today, Record breaker and the latest from BYU track and field, Andrea Stapleton Johnson, number one ranked high yeah. jumper in the Let's country. Let's give it up. Andrea Stapleton <laughs> yeah. Johnson. Very nice. Hey, we gave you the guys. BYU Sports Nation karma a couple of times, and yes, you did. we knew it would come Luckily, through. Luckily, you're good as well. <laughs> yeah. you, you set the BYU outdoor high jump record. Oh, what God. What was that like? Six what feet, two and a half inches. It, okay, it's a long time coming, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I mean... Holy moly. Uh, Robbie and I, Robbie, my coach, we've talked about it so many times. Me and my dad, my parents. I mean, I've had conversations with a lot of people about this. And I, I like physically, I knew I could do it. It's just getting there mentally. And finally just gotten the probably the best mindset I've ever been in. And just things aligned. I knew what I could do and did it. You clear so, the bar. Yeah. We're looking at the video. Describe for a radio audience the emotion <laughs> of that moment. Because you reacted Whoa. very quickly. <laughs> yeah. So um, somebody asked me when I knew, um, when I had gotten over it. And, and if you watch the video, it's just when I'm falling down, kind of. It, you know. You know. You watch your, your legs clear it. Um, and you know. And the second I hit the mat, I mean, you can see it just – it was just pure emotion. And honestly, like the most relief I think I've ever felt in my life. It looked so. I, I don't want to disparage what you did. It looked easy. Like yeah. it, it didn't look like you were straining or crazy. It looked like it was smooth yeah. and you had been there before and that kind of thing. Yeah. I, um, I did a lot of kind of mental checks that week before. Um, honestly, <laughs> the biggest thing I would say mentally is I just put things in perspective because I was like, Okay. I mean, sports is important to me and it's important to a lot of people, but it's not everything. And Wait, what? There's <laughs> I know, maybe I didn't mean to say that, but but there's a lot of important things in my life and I think putting it in perspective was the best thing for me because all of a sudden it's everything didn't write on that. It was like, yeah, I want to do this, but it's okay if it doesn't happen and I think knowing that it was okay you know, everything was going to be okay no matter what happened was the biggest thing. And so, um, like, earlier in my perform- performance, I had had two misses at 181, which is a height that I've cleared many times. I wasn't worried at all. You know, I get to that third attempt, and I was like, hey, I'm good. And then next height, thinking, hey, I'm good. You know, whatever happens, I'm okay. And so having that peace... And having that comfort and having that confidence in myself was just huge. It was everything that day. That's the Meshach, so. Shadrach, Abednego, but yeah. not <laughs> yeah. principle, right? Yeah. yeah. Andrea Stapleton-Johnson of BYU Track and Field, 11th ranked BYU women's track and field, no less. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Standing season. Out of curiosity, how many times had you cleared that height or close to it in practice before you actually did it in competition? Um, okay, you might laugh at this, but... I have no idea what I clear in practice. Like, usually we just use, like, a bungee in practice. And and what it does is it makes it so we're not thinking about the heights. We're not thinking about the outcomes. We're focusing only on our cues and and the task at hand. So, you know, accelerating around the curve or um, being in good positions that take off. And so, like, 
I've had no idea, honestly. Yeah. There have been some days where I'm like, holy crap, I just cleared 6-2 in practice. It's a guess, but you can feel it. You know what that feeling is like. And so trying to replicate the feeling and replicate what you've been doing in practice is the goal. You know, yeah. if you think about how high you're jumping or if you think about, I want to jump this specific height, like it doesn't always come. You know, you got to focus on how to get there. And so, yeah. Okay, you're the number. Who knows? One, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. You're the number one ranked high jumper in outdoor women's track in the NCAA, which is yeah. incredible, right? Pretty wild. Um, you've been a first team All American last year, uh, eighth place in the outdoor, mm-hmm. eighth place in the indoor. Yep. Is the goal first team? I assume. Again. Oh yeah, yeah. Is the national championship an option here now that you're number one? Oh yeah. I, I mean, uh, indoor, I was kind of in the same position because I also had the number one uh, mark, which. I still, I'm just like, what in the world? Uh, like, I'm in this position. You know, you find yourself in that position, and it's just wild. Are you surprised by this? You seem surprised not, that not you had Not surprised. The... Okay. It's more just, like, humbled, I guess. Like, surreal you know? almost? Yeah. It, it honestly just feels like it's not real half of the time. Not because I don't believe in myself, but, like, how stinking lucky am I, you know? <laughs> to be in that position, that is pretty awesome. And so, um, yeah, just very humbled and... uh Man, it's go time. Like I, after breaking the record, I think that was just oh yeah weight lifted off. I yeah. feel like two hundred pounds were lifted off my shoulders just like that. And so, let's just see what I can do. You know, I just want to keep jumping higher. And so, I'm really pumped for you know regionals for the national meet and hopefully USA's. So, congratulations on everything. And I do want to throw this in at the very end. You major in illustration. Yeah, we, we want a picture. You want something? Draw Make something. A picture. So oh, shoot. Studio art? Something. Not much art in here. Anything. <laughs> anything you want to draw. Oh, gosh. Like traditional art. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not taking classes, so. Yeah. You have the time, I guess. I know, yeah. yeah. You're high jumping and you're drawing something for yeah. BYU Sports Nation. Okay, yeah. we really need to finish with this. Okay, we've talked about your dad held the outdoor record. Yeah. And now you hold the outdoor record. Yeah. For the now men, women. The goats. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. The goats. My my sister was at the meet, and she called him, seriously, the second I made it. And I guess he just started crying. I mean, a lot of emotion. A lot I love of, Dave. A lot of build up to it. And so he's, I know he's just so proud. Awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's really cool. Thank you. NCAA Thank you. prelims coming up, uh, I think, yeah. soon. Um, yeah, next Thursday, I think. Next, next Thursday. Week. Okay, a week. Yeah, in Sacramento. Okay. So. Well, good luck. Rest up. Thank you. Karma. Draw a picture. Yeah. Take some karma. <laughs> Draw a picture. <laughs> 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 of you just creating a bar. By yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, <Cool> Andrea. <laughs> coming up, nice. O Canada, Cougar repping the Maple Leaf on the world stage. I'm pulling on heartstrings with my rising shout-out today, Jerem. Get the tissues ready. This is BYU Sports Nation. Someone grab some tissues, please. Shout out to today's guest, BYU basketball transfer Wyatt Lowell and new high jump record holder at BYU, Andrea Stapleton-Johnson, number one high jumper in the country right now. Pretty cool. The show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Golf. The men's team advances to the NCAA championships with a second place finish at the Pullman Regional yesterday, shooting 31 under for the tournament. 
two strokes behind Texas A&M. Rhett Rasmussen won the individual competition, meddling after shooting 15 under, two strokes better than Zach Smith of UC Santa Barbara. Carson Lundell and Peter Quest for Perfection also finished in the top 25. The NCAA championships are May 23rd through the 29th in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Softball. BYU in an NCAA regional for the 15th straight season. The ladies begin play against 13-seed Oklahoma State in Stillwater at 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain. Double elimination format. Four teams in that regional. Only one squad advances to the Super Regional. Baseball. Number 24, BYU, the top team in the West Coast Conference standings, begins its final regular season series tonight at Santa Clara on BYU Radio 9 Eastern. The Cougars are seeking their first outright regular season title since 1989. Volleyball. BYU alumna Alexa Gray makes the roster for the Canadian national team. I'm not shocked. She's really, really good. Traveling squad hasn't been announced, but the team will compete in the Challengers Cup at the end of the month in Quebec and the Pan American Games in Peru. Today's rise and shoutouts now. And for me, saw this yesterday and it gets me every time. Military coming home to surprise a family member. Utah Sergeant Smokey Osborne pays the surprise visit to his little brother Raider in his class at school. His mom Burgundy said Raider has been praying two or three times a day that Smokey would be safe and get to come home. And uh, the embrace, incredible. I mean, the kid couldn't even say a word for like 30 seconds. It just squeezing so tight and said, you scared me at first. Like it was like it was a ghost of his brother. Um, but great to see them embrace. Yeah, I love that stuff, man. Stuff. That gets me every time, like every time. My rise to chat out goes to the men's golf team. This is a team that was ranked 32nd, uh, perhaps would be in the top five. They take second. They almost win the Pullman Regional. And Rhett Rasmussen on a very good team. It could have been Lundell. It could have been Quest. Quest was probably the guy you targeted to be the guy. Rhett Rasmussen. It takes a team to be great. And in a sport where perhaps you could seek individual pursuits, this group of individuals has become a very good team that now in back-to-back years is going to the NCAA championships. Well done. Our question of the day. How would you rearrange the 2019 BYU football schedule to benefit the Cougars? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Switch Utah and San Diego State, which is what I did, from at C. Garrick 8, and switch USC and Idaho State because I like having Utah at the end of the season, and the USC-Idaho State will give a break between bigger games. Keep Tennessee where they are, keeps it fun early in the season with a big-name opponent. Yeah, balance is hard to come by, certainly. Sorry to Dennis Pitter, we ran out of time. Conversation continues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout-out to Mike Salito, former BYU football great. See you tonight, or listen tonight, for BYU Baseball. 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Go Cougs.